Thanks for choosing to spend time in the studio with Michael Card. What you're about to hear in this podcast was recorded several years ago in Franklin, Tennessee. Though some of the details about guests and ministries may have changed since this was first broadcast, the messages discussed in these conversations still ring true. Check out what's new with Michael's ministry when you visit michaelcard.com or connect via Facebook or Twitter when you search for Michael Card. And let us know your reaction to what you've discovered from this classic edition in the studio. This is In the Studio with Michael Card coming to you this week, as always, from Franklin, Tennessee. I'm Wayne Shepherd here with Michael. Michael, this is one of those days I couldn't wait to get on the air and get these microphones open. We've yeah. had such fun over the last hour here in the studio. We really have, and we're about to have even more fun. <laughs> because? Because Buddy Green's back. Yeah, Mr. Fun, Buddy Green. <laughs> Buddy, welcome. <laughs> Mr. Unpredictable? Yeah. yeah. Well, unreliable? <laughs> well, we, we decided that having him back is sort of a disciplinary action. He got us in so much trouble last time. That's right. I remember the denominational song. Oh, it wasn't that. There no, was some, oh, there there was some, that may have been one of them. There okay. were some other things that I won't oh, mention okay. that you guys are in trouble for. I, you'll get more letters. So this is like being called back to the principal's office. <laughs> <laughs> so I promise better, I'll be better. Yeah. You better, be, better yeah. behave yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy, uh, your ticket in the door today was your friend Jeff Taylor over here too, right? Yes, he is the secret weapon of the hour. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Taylor on accordion and piano, and he's even got a penny whistle over there. He made right, that for us right, over with. All right, Jeff, welcome. Jeff is a—he's a man of a—he has an outstanding pedigree in music and accordion playing. He's played with people like the Chieftains and Ricky Skaggs and many, many more. He's a—he's a mainstay on that instrument in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So we're—we're we're really privileged to have him. Well, we have a full hour program ahead mm-hmm. for everyone here today. Buddy, you've got your guitar, and you said Jeff's got his accordion there. Michael, you got your guitar. Should we open with a song? Let's. You guys got something oh, planned for yes. us here? Yeah, I got an old missionary hymn right. I learned as a Baptist growing up. Let's go for it. <laughs> Sweetly, Lord, have we heard thee calling, come follow me. And we see where thy footprints fallen, lead us to thee. Hey, let's do another verse here then. And though they lead o'er the cold, dark mountain, seeking the sheep, or Salom's fountain helping the weak footprints of Jesus that make the pathway clear. We will follow the steps of Jesus where they go. And though they lead through the temple. Yeah. 
at last went on high He sees us, our journey done We will rest where the steps of Jesus end at His throne No footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow We will follow the steps of Jesus where they go Oh, footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow We will follow the steps of Jesus Buddy Green, Jeff Taylor, and Michael Card. Footsteps of Jesus opening our program here today. Jeff, now, uh, you've got the accordion. Michael, I think this is the first time we've had an accordion player in the studio uh, with us. Can you recall anybody I else? I think so. We usually have strict rules you know, <laughs> about those kinds of things. I snuck in under He's the Buddy's radar. friend, you know. <laughs> it's called grace, That's right? right? Yeah. Grace. <laughs> I am here by grace. All right, Jeff, tell us, tell us about that instrument you're holding, though. <laughs> Well, th- this is this is my green uh, Celtic accordion. I use it for Celtic music. I got a blue one over there that I may pick up, and a big brown one there that I use for other stuff. Can you do just a little Celtic uh, lick or two there uh, on it? Uh, Irish wow. spring. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> We're Chieftain fans. Lucky charms. Yeah. <laughs> We're Chieftain fans, and you've played with the Chieftains, huh? I, I managed to be the guy at home when they were needing an accordion player in Nashville <laughs> uh, on a couple songs on their Down the Old Plank Road. Yeah, what so, a great record. And Buddy, uh, Jeff uh, has worked with you on some projects, including yeah. the Hymns Project yeah, that we enjoy so the much. the Hymns Project. Released one last year. and uh, I know, it's in my iPod. I play it in the car all the time. Oh, so. thank you. Wayne, you didn't have to say that. No, I honestly <laughs> do. I really, really do, Buddy. Well, Jeff's playing is, uh, I listen to that album, and mainly to hear people like Jeff on it, because Jeff, uh, he played probably on a half a dozen of those hymns, and uh, and it was something, there's something about the accordion that I've always loved. Uh, to me, it just evokes old world stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it can really be one of the most uh, sad instruments, yeah. and at yeah. the same time, it can turn around and, and do an Irish jig and make <laughs> you want to jump up and dance. You know, yeah, It just has to be in the right pocket. Yeah. You find the person like Jeff that can put it where it needs to be yeah. put. Yeah. And, you know, it is cool again. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't it kind of a lost art, Jeff? Yeah, uh, but you have people like Bruce Hornsby playing accordion yeah. now, so it's, it's cool yeah, again. It's like the banjo's cool again, and now the accordion's cool <laughs> yeah. again. It so. goes in cycles. Well, it goes around, <laughs> comes around, huh? <laughs> but by the time this you know, radio show's over, it could just pass on out of vote. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> sure. I'm just going to ride that wave. Fact, yeah. may not last long. This radio show may have something to do, actually, with maybe pushing it farther down. <laughs> right. Right. It's demise once again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Michael, you've played so many instruments, never been well, tempted to play the accordion. Actually, I've not mentioned this, but the accordion was my first instrument. No. I used to play I the accordion. I thought the banjo was. No, no, no. I used to play the accordion for the happy hour at the YMCA when I was uh. in the first grade. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. Happy hour at the yep. YMCA. Awesome. Down on Gallatin Road, YMCA. Happy well, we hour. just wow. so happen to have tape of That's that. Right. Uh, let's nope. bring it on nope. in. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that doesn't exist. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I'm playing. <laughs> and after after I would play, then they, we had old 16 millimeter movies of Popeye cartoons, and it was happy hour. You know, your your mom would drop you off and leave you at the Y for the day. <laughs> <laughs> and you're causing Michael you know, to break out in a sweat here. Jeff. Oh man! <laughs> wait, wait, the memories. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> you know what he did? Pl- he played the uh, harmonium. On my hymns. Yes, album. he did. Oh, as long as someone else can pump it, I well, can play. Well, and his daughter Kate. I mean, he couldn't have done it without her. She was over there pumping the billows yeah. while he played the the uh, harmonium. That, that one right over there. That's it. Yes, that's the it one. Is. Wow. Yeah. I'll put a plaque on that, Michael. Yeah, and, uh, it's brought you a lot of work. Yeah, you're, you're all you're all underwhelmed by that. I think. <laughs> well, there is a purpose for you guys being. Tell me, assure me that there is a purpose for being here today, buddy. Well, there is. God um, has a purpose for your life, buddy. <laughs> Tell us what it is. I keep hoping. Um, I was uh, this this summer. I was out at a camp, a uh, family camp that uh, my family and I go to every summer, and I uh, did a workshop on the subject of Jonah. And I just called it Lessons from Jonah. And it comes from a, a quite a long fascination that I have with that story and how it's, you know, how God has used that story to um, expose me in, all, in, in a lot of ways that I needed to be mm. flushed out, you know. And it finally dawned on me in the last year or so how most people, um, this is my assumption, that most people have been like me until really reading that story is that you have your sort of childhood memories of it and it's a very much a thumbnail sketch yeah. of what the story's dealing with yeah, sunday school lesson. your first sunday school you yeah. know lesson is what you, you you tend to stay stuck there right yeah but you know jesus said when they asked him for a sign yeah. at one point he said I, I you know the only sign i'm going to give you this generation is the sign of jonah yeah so you know when jesus says something like that there's something you ought to go back and investigate yeah. whoa about that what story. do you mean by that yeah. Huh? yeah and so after going back and spending many times uh rereading that story it's it's a great one to reread it's only four chapters you know it's about three pages in the bible mm-hmm. but the complexity of it and the le- uh, there are levels of meaning to that story i mean and for me i just did this project on lament there's a lament in there which hmm. draws me in as well so yeah. there's everything yeah. yeah the center of the book is this prayer that yeah. you're talking about the first part of it, the first chapter, really is, you know, um, Jonah getting his marching orders to go to Nineveh, and uh, un- instead of singing, "We will follow the steps of Jesus," <laughs> he goes, "Could you book me a ship we'll to Tarshish?" Run right? the other way, in the, co- in the exact opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's right. going to Spain. Yeah. Follow the right. footsteps backwards. <laughs> yeah. So that is interesting, and that right there, right? I mean, when I looked at that for the first time, I realized, man, I am Jonah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because when well, somebody said, I think it was uh, this, we were talking about Jacques Ellul. He said, you know, think of a Frenchman in 1942 being told, go, go to, to Berlin, Berlin yeah. and preach the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about that kind of marching yep. order that he yeah. gets. And so it's no wonder. But now think about the Sermon on the Mount. You know, go love your enemies. Right. Turn the other cheek. We were yeah. just talking about that earlier well, today, weren't it, we? And it really is. I mean, Hesed, this uh, loving your enemies is Hesed. That's right. that's uh, what Jesus commands when he in Luke six when he says God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. And there are a lot of people who don't like that the fact that God is that sort of God. No. But that's the Father of Jesus, you know. So no, and you'll run into well, we all I think find ourselves in situations where we really we want justice. Mm-hmm. You know. For that other guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, I've 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 talked to people before who were just in a a bad relational situation with a spouse or a child or a 
apparent. And as you listen to it, you realize that the simplest thing, solution to this is, if you thought about forgiving this person. Ooh, yeah, hardest thing. And it's the hardest thing, it is, because I mean, it ha- we have to be undone to do that. And when we are told to do it, most of the time we turn around and go in the opposite direction, just like Jonah did. Yeah. So. so that was, you know, that's sort of an obvious thing that comes out. Also, though, in that first chapter is that as he runs away uh, from the covenant people, he gets on a ship full of pagans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're all out there, and then the storm comes. And so they all, you know, as they pray to their gods, they, they wake up Jonah and tell him to pray to his God. And, uh, and then he reveals who he is, that he's a Hebrew, and, you know, and that, he's, he, that he's going to pray to the God that actually made the sea and the earth and all this. And, and he says, by the way, you just need to throw me overboard. This is all because of me. Yeah. And they don't want to do it, which is to their credit. You know, they really... No, they don't want to throw him into the, into the sea. No, they... Yeah. they they're behaving pretty well. So yeah. far, they're behaving better than Jonah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, you have sent the storm upon him for your own good reasons. And yeah. then they picked him up and threw him in the sea. That's yeah. right. As a last resort, because they, they started throwing other things off first. Yeah. But finally, they throw him in. The sea calms down. And then they give sacrifices to Yahweh, hmm. which is a very fascinating thing. You almost have sort of a little partial conversion going on with these folks. You mm-hmm. know? In fact, I kind of wonder if maybe when we get to heaven, we're going to run into some people that were on the boat with Jonah. With Jonah. Wouldn't that be wow. something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so uh, that that's the that's the first chapter, and then of course Jonah gets swallowed by the by the uh, the whale, the fish, mm-hmm. and he's in the belly of the fish, and he prays this prayer. Now you just did a a book on laments. Yeah. Which you, you you identify this as a lament. I think it is, but uh, but as you said, it reflects. It's all Psalms. It's all yeah. bits and pieces of the Psalms. Yeah. Which I had never really noticed, and uh, um, I was reading uh, some stuff from Eugene Peterson one day and he was he was struck by this because he said that this shows that Jonah was as as I think any Hebrew would have been was a a student of the Psalms Mm -hmm. that that's how they prayed that was their prayer book absolutely and you know we live in an age of sort of extemporaneous praying Mm mm-hmm and I've done my fair share of that. I'm an elder in the Presbyterian Church. <laughs> I know how to pray in public, you know, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but In King James? Do you, I've heard you speak King if James. You, yeah, every once in a while I lapse into King James. Yeah. Yeah, it comes on. <laughs> Depends on who's in front of me. <laughs> no, seriously, he prays out of this context of the Psalms. And Peterson was saying this is a great thing because when we pray the Psalms, when we uh, it, it, we pray in a, a larger context than our feelings than what mm-hmm. it is we're involved in. And it really puts our own needs into, into the kingdom context that we need to hear. And so as you, somebody ought to read a little bit of the, of okay. the prayer. Jonah chapter two. Yeah. Uh, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. And he answered me, I called to you from the world of the dead. And Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. How will I ever again see your holy temple? Mm. That's just how it starts. That prayer of lament begins in chapter 2. And if you have a a reference Bible, you'll see alongside of each of these, you'll see that... Yeah, Psalm 18.6, Psalm 120, Psalm 42, Psalm 31. Exactly, that he's quoting bits and pieces of Psalms. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's interesting how he says, you know, you threw me into into the world of the dead. I mean, this is a place yeah. of hell for well, him. Well, you're inside a fish. <laughs> yeah, but this is a place where we're undone. I, I know that, you know, I was, um, 
a prodigal son and and went down a you know a road just as far away from the church as I could get and and um, and and chose a terrible lifestyle for a while and and then made all these bad decisions and they led to mm. terrible consequences but finally I'm in this place of um, you know just to, that's just about total despair mm. to where I'm going you know what I think I'll try this God thing one more time yeah and that's where you really start to get honest mm. I wish I had been about that you know that honest a few more times as a believer because it's in the same sort of place that you you finally do make contact. <laughs> yeah, and, and what we got to realize he's doing here, he's worshiping. Mm-hmm. This is worship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bill Lane used to tell us real worship always starts in the wilderness, right? Yeah. So you get in that wilderness place in your life. I mean, Job's children die. What does he do? He falls down and worships that, you know, let my people go so that they will worship me in the wilderness. You know, Moses says to Pharaoh and Jonah goes into the wilderness of the belly of this whale you go into the wilderness of your, you know, straying or whatever you want to call it. And well, that's yeah. where you learn what God's worth. And, you know, I'll bring it up to date because uh, I mentioned being a Presbyterian elder. It wasn't until I was uh, had become an elder and served a little while and abused my power as an elder hmm. and been exposed, at least privately, um, by the Holy Spirit of just some really bad sin as a so-called leader in the church, hurting people. Um, betraying people through gossip, that sort of thing. And I don't want to get too detailed in my own sin. I don't need to here. But 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 what came of that was uh, a, a similar place of sort of despair, of having to go to the, somebody I had wronged and saying, this is terrible, and I know this won't undo what you're going through as a result of my sin towards you, but I got to say I'm sorry if there's any way you can forgive me. I mean, it was a it was a terrible place of humility, humiliation, but I needed to be there. It was mm. me in the belly of the whale again. So you see yourself in Jonah. I think all of us, if we're honest, see ourselves there yep. too, Michael. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy, it looks like you got a song in your mind right now, I do you? Do. <laughs> Could I sing a song? We'd love Absolutely. to do that. Sure. Uh, it actually comes out of that experience. You know, the first thing a songwriter does when he gets convicted is write, write a song, song. Right. Right. <laughs> to get it off your chest. Yeah. Yeah. Before you actually have to act on it. <laughs> first go right. Um, Jeff will help me on this one too. Okay. It's so easy to be a gossip. And it's so easy to betray my friend And it's easy to make excuses But it's so hard to confess my sin And it's simple to receive forgiveness To understand God takes away my sin Yes, it's simple to believe Jesus, but it's so hard to follow him, for he goes where I don't want to follow, and he gives impossible commands. Tomorrow, still he loves me 
this sinful man so quick to offer sagely advice and I'm quick to offer public prayers but in the middle of these pious offerings I'm often caught unawares by hidden attitudes of doubt and pretense only underscore my unbelief and once again I cry for grace and mercy and once again he offers sweet relief but still he goes where I don't want to follow and he gives impossible command and though I put I put him off until tomorrow still he loves me oh Jesus loves me I'm a sinful man I can almost hear the the breakers in the in in the background. <laughs> Jonah's sitting there singing that song. It could have come right out of his mouth. Well, that's my Jonah song, mm. buddy right. Jonah Green. Huh? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins Absolutely. and to yeah. cleanse us. But He does give us impossible commands. Oh, and and yeah. I mean, take up your cross and follow me. Is the, but but to love your enemies. What we're talking about in terms of Jonah. Yeah. That's 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 the, the tough one because I really don't do a very good job of loving my friends. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you can just look at my family yeah. life. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, uh, so yeah, you, you, and I think that is a huge part of what's being taught here. And you think about the Jewish people uh, of this time and and being the chosen people, and early on that really that really you know, God told you know through Moses he says. You know, it wasn't because you guys are, you know, the spiffiest folks on the right. planet or anything. You know, I chose you out. You're slaves. And then when he gives them their, he gives them their identity as a people who are going to inherit the promised land. He says, don't forget the alien, mm-hmm. you know, because you were an alien. You mm-hmm. were an outcast, yeah. you know. Remember the stranger, stranger in your midst. And so you get these wonderful stories like Ruth or, or the book of Jonah where he has to go to Ninevites. And the Ninevites were the biggest enemies. I mean, they really were the Nazis Not yeah. the of that day, you know. Yeah. So it's a, this is a big thing. As the story unfolds, you know, after this prayer, Jonah then, he's thrown up onto, onto the beach. And um, 
and he, he heads out for Nineveh. He preaches the gospel in this, in this city. And what happens? Mass conversion. Yep. It's amazing. There's, here's this. Uh, there's a decree, right? The yeah, king. I mean, the, the king <laughs> gets them to fast. Yeah. He says, he even gets the animals fast. Yeah, 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 the animals fast. <laughs> yeah, I love it, that. It every, everyone is obedient in the, in the book of Jonah, except Jonah. I mean, yeah, the, the right. animals, the king, the, the, pagans the, pagans, the, the worm at the end that bites the plant. Even the worm is obedient. Everybody's obedient but him. But not Jonah. Well, it, he's, he's obedient to the letter. Right. He does what God, and aren't you going to do what God tells you and, to do? Yeah, actually, that's right. He, he's a good Sunday school boy at yeah, this point. Yeah. He does what he's supposed to do. But then when he gets the result... That God has mercy on this people, you know, because God had said, if you if you don't repent, this is what's going to happen. Uh, actually, he just says, my judgment is coming. And then they say, you know, let's fast, let's cry out for mercy to this God and see if he'll give it. And he does. And this hacks Jonah right. off. <laughs> because he wants justice. He, well, and, and in, in, at the end of the book, he, he sort of shakes his fist at God and he said, you see, this is why I didn't want to do this in the first place. Right. I knew you were going to forgive him. Yeah. I knew I knew that you were that sort of God. And yeah. so he he's he hates that God is that sort of a God, which is uh, unbelievable. Yeah, and that's we talked about this a minute ago. That's Hesed, this idea of, of grace and mercy in the Old Testament. Yes. It's the word Hesed that the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything. And Jonah really doesn't like it that God's that way. And and, and I don't no. I don't think we do either. No, you really. know, the, that was the thing. If Up to this point, if you had thought about the first chapter of Jonah, you would have thought maybe, well, he's running away because, you know, who wants to get around those mean Ninevites yeah. and they could kill him or something? But that's not it at all. You yeah. find out, as he says, but Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, O oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? Right. <laughs> that is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. Uh, I knew you are a gracious and compassionate God, yep. slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who res- relents from sin and calamity. Now, how does he know this? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's received the mercy himself. Right. Yeah. And we laugh at that, but we do the same thing. Well, yeah. and, We and think I, we know more than God. And I think later on it says he goes up on the hillside hoping that God is still going to destroy them. He wants to see, yeah. you know, he's... he's just like us. We, we want. <laughs> I know you begin to see, this guy's a scoundrel just like me, you know. So th- uh, this was a fascinating thing for me. And, you know, I happen to have another song. Okay. That- wow. Tell you what. <laughs> Tell you what. We're going to hold that other song, buddy. All right. We're going to come back and take a break. And we're going to do the radio thing We'll here. do it in the second oh, half of the show okay. today, we, forgot, so. we all forgot we were on the radio for a second. <laughs> I think we should have Jeff play us out to break here. What do you think? Well, Buddy gets ready for that next song. Jeff, you don't even have an instrument in your hand Oh, at the yes, moment. he does. Oh, watch, he's got the piano. Just watch this. All right.
Thanks, Jeff. This is just the first half here in the studio with Michael Card. Your comments, Bible questions, and song requests are always welcome when you email us at inthestudio at michaelcard.com. There's so much you can discover about this program and Michael's music and teaching ministry. It's all just a few clicks away at michaelcard.com. And if you'd like to listen again, then look for the streaming audio at our radio archive, or now you can listen to our podcast. There's also a complete listing of Michael's books and CDs at michaelcard.com. Coming up, we'll continue our look at Jonah with Buddy Green on the Moody Broadcasting Network. Don't miss next week's new edition of In the Studio with Michael Card. We'll start the Christmas season with key insights on the coming of our Savior. Michael's own Bible study leader, Anthony Pickett, joins us to teach about the dark side of Christmas. Then our good friend and worship leader, Ayando Kamalo, stops by to share an international perspective and premiere his new Christmas song. And Michael will have music that will settle our hearts as we enter a busy season. Find the program online at michaelcard.com. And welcome back into the studio with Michael Card, along with guests Buddy Green and Jeff Taylor here today. Buddy, warming up that song for us. What's this all about? From Jonah, right? Well, it it pertains to Jonah. Okay. Uh, it also has to do with uh, John Newton. I kind of did a composite of wait John a minute, Newton's. wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, John Newton was a slave trader who uh, who came to Christ, and eventually renounced the slave trade and helped yeah and he wrote amazing grace and wrote songs like amazing grace about about 300 hymns before he was gone wow and uh and then also became a a friend of people like wilberforce who worked to end the slave trade uh so he's a fascinating guy a great man of letters uh another guy in church history worth checking out for sure so we got two seamen here we have we have jonah and we have john newton we have john newton and we have me who's you know i've been on a cruise ship (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm i'm the band leader on the general jackson starting next week so i guess i can relate to this here in nashville i really like canoeing (laughs) i've got a canoe (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) anyway the god who rescued me one two three I was a sailor and a reckless sort And I sailed my ship into countless ports Looking for a good time, chasing at the thrills Loving wine and women in my foolish will Till I wound up shipwrecked undone Blind and beaten by the deep tide done I cried out, Lord, have mercy on me Can you help this blind man see? My eyes were opened and I saw my chains And I heard a sweet voice calling my name The chains were loosed as I fell to my knees For God had rescued me And now I raise my song to the Holy One To the Father of love, His only Son To the Spirit of life, the three in one The God who rescued me And for all my days and in all my ways May I live my life giving all of the praise To the one and only everlasting love The God who rescued me And I became a preacher 
and I knew my stuff And I thought my preaching made me good enough Until I met a sinner and he was saved by grace While I was patting my back he was on his face How quickly I had fallen away from unconditional love and grace And traded a son's for an orphan's place in my self-righteous ways then I saw my rags when I saw his cross And by his grace I counted his cost And all my gains I counted but lost For God had rescued me And now I raise my soul to the Holy One To the Father of love, his only Son To the Spirit of life, the three in one Yeah, the God who rescued me And for all my days and in all my ways May I live my life giving all of the praise to and only everlasting love The God who rescued me To the one and only everlasting love The God who rescued me Boy, that was... Unbelievable! Yeah, <laughs> I just love hearing that accordion. It really now now I hear the surf. I smell the sea salt. Yeah, and when it comes right in that pocket, there's a couple of places he faded in. I was, it, it couldn't have happened any other way than the way you played it. So wow, <laughs> thank you, Jeff. All right, that's Buddy Green, accompanied by Jeff Taylor, here in the studio today with Michael Card. We've been talking about Jonah. If you happen to join us late in the program today. Jeff, uh, you had your hand up over there, though. You wanted to take us back to Jonah chapter 2. Oh, yeah, two, we had right? already gotten to chapter 4, and 2 is the one that's that's got the highlight all over it in my Bible. Chapter 2, verse 8, Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. That yeah. just nailed me, because uh, we all do it. Yeah. We all do it all the time, every day, in some way. Uh, worship false gods, uh, idol worship, whether it be spending too much time with uh, TV or just being self-absorbed right. or whatever our little false god is. And and it, it extinguishes God's mercy in the way he wants it to wash over us throughout the day, that our, his mercies are new every morning. Thank God for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's the verse that got me. Yeah, they... Um Another translation puts it, the, um, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Mm. You know, The idols uh, that our, our hearts manufacture, uh, with me it's everything from uh, you know, prestige or uh, wanting to belong mm. to this or that or uh, having my, my worth wrapped up in what I do. Yeah. But it's all, all of that is clinging to a worthless idol. And there's no room for grace to, to operate, you know, when you're moseying along. <laughs> yeah, and I like that the, the way it was translated, they turn their backs on God yeah. because, I mean, Jonah is the classic person who literally, you know, turned around, went the other way, right. and then yeah. there was all the mercy of God, hmm. you know, and we waiting for we him. We tell ourselves, Lord, I would never do that. In mm-hmm. reality, as we do it all the time. Yeah. So you wonder at that point, maybe as Jonah, is, is he beginning to see himself maybe as a little bit of a, an idol worshiper and 
Well, I think sometimes we say we as we are trans transforming as 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 we are coming to repentance. I think sometimes we say more than we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. what he does because it, it, by the end of the Very book, good, you yeah. realize that there's still a heart change that has yet to happen. That's right. But he's at least he's saying the right thing. Yeah, or a heart change that needs to keep happening. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's yeah. like why I highlighted that in my Bible. The day that I highlighted it, it it struck me as light in God's word. But that doesn't mean that I have accepted that light right. or embraced it. Right. Uh, and 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 so now I see it, and it 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 brings up guilt in me for yeah. the, for not having embraced it so fully as I should. Yeah. Well, we got a little song of of grace. If you'd like to. Oh, good. Can we, can we hey, work another song? By yet? the way, you're holding back on us here. We haven't heard the harmonica yet. Uh, well, you know, actually, we're saving the harmonica. There's okay, a song okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. called Jonah and the Whale. I thought maybe it was a competition <laughs> thing between the accordion. Uh, oh, no, they get along really I well. I can't wait to hear the accordion yeah. and, and the, the harmonica. harmonica. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Two instruments that are based on There's being out of tune. There's a reason to stay tuned. <laughs> yes. right. <laughs> okay. But I get ahead of ourselves, don't I, buddy? We need, we need to... What did you say this is about? Yeah. Uh, this song is a... Uh, just a song that celebrates the God of grace and uh, being the one true God. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a, a, a great scholar on world religions or anything like this, but I do think that that the concept of a gracious and merciful God that really wants to meet His people that way is a pretty unique thing mm. to the Judeo-Christian. The God idea. who loves His enemies. Yeah, you know, the Jesus, God who loves His enemies. Jesus yeah. comes and he, everyone thinks He's going to kill the Romans. No, He comes and dies for the Romans. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 ours. Even at I their think. hands, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. He's also a God who loves us the way we are, but He's not content just to right. leave us there either. It's perfecting right. love. And this yeah. is the God that Jonah's angry with. This is the God that He doesn't not... he doesn't like that He's that way. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, but anyway, little celebration of the God of all grace. Once I was dead In my sin I was helpless And then in my stead One bled and died And rose to fulfill His promise To those He would save by grace Now I praise the one Only one God of grace There's one God of grace One faith and one gospel and only one way One blood that saves The blood of the one who died and lives to give us grace There's only one God, only one God of grace. There's one Father in heaven and one perfect Son who is willing to pay the one cost to save one lost world and create one new man through the mercy of one lonely cross one Lord of life one comforting spirit one name lifted high one love one hope one people who long to see one Jesus 
Jesus fades into faith. There's only one God, only one God. There's one God of grace, one faith and one gospel, and only one way. There's one love that saves the blood of the one who died and lives to give us grace. There's only one God, only one God of grace. There's only one God, only one God of grace. God saw that they had put a stop to their evil ways, he had mercy on them and didn't carry out the destruction he had threatened. He's got a grace. Aren't we glad? (laughs) (laughs) No hope without that. Buddy Green and Jeff Taylor here in the studio with Michael Card today. Thanks, guys. Uh, You're not done yet, but... uh, No, because that last chapter, uh, it kind of ends like the prodigal son. Hey, I want to hear what you have to say about the plant. Oh. <laughs> the leafy plant. Yes. I'm not sure I have so much to say. I think you're holding back on no, the I'm plant. No, I'm not. No, no, no. Um, well, I think the plant is another picture of God's grace for somebody who really doesn't even kind of want it at this point. Yeah, well, let, let's, let's read uh, what you're talking about. Yeah. It's in chapter 4, the final chapter of Jonah. Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see if anything would happen to the city. Right. He's still hoping. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Judgment is coming. (laughs) And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased some of his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Mm. So he's grateful. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? So Because he's comfortable. Yeah, that's right. And you know what? I mean, I get up every day in a comfortable house. And I ate, I got plenty of food in the cupboard. And that's generally what my Thanksgiving's about. Yeah. You know, I'm like, Lord, thank you for this. And you're really great. And, you know, and not to denigrate that at all, because those are, those are all part of God's blessings. Yeah. He made the plant to shade Jonah's head. But I think he's setting Jonah up. But, yep. verse 7, <laughs> and, and I like this in this it's NLT translation, says, but God also prepared a worm, exclamation point. You know, <laughs> God also prepared a worm, it says. <laughs> the next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it soon died and withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God sent a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. So there goes his comfort, mm-hmm. right? The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than this, he exclaimed. <laughs> Oh, and then God's response is actually he's he's almost teasing God. Uh, uh, NLT says, uh, then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? But uh, I, I can remember Bill Lane explaining to us, God is really almost sort of taunting him. What God says literally is, are you very angry about the plant? <laughs> See, the plant's died and Jonah's all angry. He's so yeah. angry he wants to die. And, and yet how many people are down in Nineveh? Right that Jonah was waiting for God to right. wipe out. Right. And, and this is where I see an immediate parallel with the elder brother 
in the parable of the prodigal son mm-hmm. because you know in that parable the celebration is on the the grace is given to the returning son and there's this huge party and everybody's entered into it but this elder brother mm-hmm. and and as he explains why it's all about man I've done I've done what I'm supposed to yeah yeah interesting he, the the prodigal son comes back and says look just make me your slave yeah. right but the the older brother says, "Look, I've been a sla- I've been slaving for you." So the real slave is the brother, yeah, the older brother, <laughs> yeah, the way he's lived anyway. Yep. And I think back to the song that I did a few minutes ago, where I had traded a son's for an orphan's yeah. life, mm-hmm. and that's what we often do. That's orphan mentality yeah. coming through, rather than seeing yourself as that undeserving son who is still yet a son who's welcome at the table, yeah. who's who's invited to the party. Yeah. So I, I love that uh, I love that parallel that I see because in both instances you see uh, God talking to Jonah and say and asking a question and that's the way the story ends with a question to Jonah. Yeah, the the lack of closure. It's like one of Jesus' parables. That's a great thing of Jonah. Exactly. There's, we're left with Jonah and and what is what's he going to do? Because right? read the uh, what's the. At the end of uh, of the parable, you need a larger print well, Bible, there, well, buddy. Well, yeah. the last statement is God, you know, making this statement, and basically it ends with a question. Well, going to the parable of the prodigal yeah. son, listen to this question, or rather, the statement from the father: "My son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, mm. and it leaves you there. So." What's the elder brother going to do with it? Right, lack of clothes. Right, and that's what's so powerful about well yeah. Jesus' parable in particular, but parables in general. There's lack of closure. You've got to engage, and you've got to. Yeah. So what happens? Right. So this is why I love Jonah. So well, so what? What do you think happens? I mean, do you do you have a vision for that? Well, I can only. I think it has to. It comes back to me. We can't speculate anymore about Jonah. I have to. I have to think about me. You know, what is the hard task before me? So you're Who's, sitting there left on the top of the hill with the the plant that was sheltering you having withered and God saying, okay, where are you in all this? Is that the point? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I think for me it is, that I've got to, I mean, this is this is where I've got to look at what's being taught me in Jonah. And, you know, other things we have been brought up today, the racism that's that's raging in, in um, Jonah's heart. Mm. Um uh, the, the ethnocentric view of how God works with His people—this is which is a wrong view. It's not a kingdom view. Mm-hmm. You know, the kingdom view is, no, I want Ninevites in my kingdom. Yeah. yeah. You know. Well, the last two verses, verses ten and eleven of chapter four. Then the Lord said, "You feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there, and a plant is only at best short-lived. But Nineveh has more than one hundred and twenty thousand people living in spiritual darkness. Not to mention, God says even the animals. Yeah, mm-hmm. God loves should, the animals. He loves His creation. Shouldn't I feel yeah. sorry for such a yeah. great city? God That's says. That's right. Yeah. And so, as I as I read something like Jonah, through once again through the grace of God, who opens my eyes to see a larger picture than my little world, and see some of His economy and what's going on and what His will is for the world. Mm. You know. So then, when I pray a prayer like Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You know, that begins to mean something to me. Mm. You know, do I really just want to maintain a nice little uh, American middle class existence Nice, nice shady existence <laughs> in your little right. plant. That's right. Under the broad leaves, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and and if it's taken away, I can tell you, it'll, my heart will be exposed. The idols will be out there mm. again. And mm. uh, so, yeah, I think it's it. this is a great uh, thing to read to bring you to a fresh place of... of uh, examination, examining your own life, seeing what it is that I get up for every day. What is the purpose for living? 
and in, and in, if I fall short, and most likely I will, it's time to repent. Mm. Great things for us here today, but it's time. It's time. It's time for Jonah and the whale. whale. So reach behind you there, buddy. (laughs) Take one of those uh, 50 harmonicas you brought to the studio today. (laughs) (laughs) He just tries to carry more harmonicas than I carry accordions. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a tough battle for me. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that... you know, I've, I've been overcoming inadequacy my whole life. <laughs> so this this is the title cut from our discussion today, right? Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, God sent Jonah down to Nineveh land to preach the gospel to the wicked man and to repent his wicked ways. I'm on over to the city in 40 days. I got moved in the windstorm. Yeah, well, he rose in the windstorm and it troubled everybody in mind. He made up his mind which way to go Well, I got himself a ship and he paid his fare Oh, but God caught up with Jonah down there Well, God moved and windstorm He rose and windstorm He troubled everybody in mind But a ship had a trouble in mind And then he went into the deep Where we saw old Jonah there fast asleep Said, hey stranger, tell me your name My name is Jonah and I came from the king All this trouble's on account of me Yeah, well, why don't you throw me overboard And let the ship sail
Buddy and Jeff, thank you. I have never heard anything like that in my <laughs> life. Neither have we. Unbelievable. <laughs> At first, we thought about doing it with guitar and accordion, oh, and, then, no. and then piano and harmonica. Oh, no. And then, no, no. And then Buddy said, man, it's a street musician vibe, oh, like New Orleans oh, street man. musician. A convergence, right? <laughs> it's two desperate men. <laughs> Playing their free weed instruments. That's right, that's right. Well, you've more than made up for the trouble you got me in last time you were here. (laughs) You're back into the beloved now. (laughs) Thank you, brother. Penance has been done. Yes, yeah. Thanks, Jeff. You you made that happen. No kidding. Thanks for coming, Jeff. Well, thanks for having us. This has been a lot of fun. Well, thanks for sharing with us. That was, I don't think we've ever done anything like that. Uh, and I, I can imagine all the listeners out there rummaging around the Bible trying to find Jonah just about now. It's page 1247 in your Bible, so you'll find it. Uh, God bless you as you read it. And thanks for joining us today here in the studio with Michael Card. Send all your questions and comments to Buddy Green. And I'll send them to in the studio at michaelcard.com. And be sure to let us know how you're listening to the broadcast when you contact us at in the studio at michaelcard.com. Now, through the web, you can stay connected with all that's going on behind the scenes. Our address is simply michaelcard.com. And if you missed any part of today's broadcast, or if you'd like to listen again, we hope you'll take full advantage of our radio archive. And now you can access the program through podcast. A complete listing of Michael's music and books can be found online, including the latest book on lament titled A Sacred Sorrow. We're also headed into the heart of the fall touring season. Be sure you log on and see when Michael will be visiting your area great resources just a few clicks away at michaelcard.com. The scripture used today was from the New Living Translation. Our producer is Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for being with us in the studio with Michael Card. In the Studio with Michael Card is a production of Community Broadcasting and the Moody Broadcasting Network.